like to wait to see how things turn out. If you apply some pressure, I like to wait and see how things turn out. Hello, welcome to Fans. My name is Kevin. And I'm Leslie. Uh, this is season two, what happened after Britpop. I think we've got, I think this is like eight or nine episodes left in this season. And we are done. We are on vacation. Now, nah, less. Less, I think. Ten. This is episode 15. Okay, whatever. Uh, okay. Twitter and Facebook, we're at Britpop Banter. Email us at BritpopBanter at gmail.com. All views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own. And while we poke fun at some bands and artists... Might happen today. We appreciate their talent and sacrifice to create these albums. Um, so we are covering today. It's a big one. I mean, let's be honest, a massive yeah. one. Arctic Monkeys. Whatever people say, I am. That's not. That's what I'm not. What a horrible title for an album. Shall we start there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last week, Charlatans. A lot of love for the Charlatans, wasn't there? A lot of love for that album. Um, that was your best pick. So far, yeah, a lot of people tell me well that. Done. Well done, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew as soon as we'd done that episode, I was like, that's a good one. I felt that, I felt that in my bones. I felt like that was you coming back into the game, unlike me today. But Because um, uh, I was thinking about a wee, doing a wee poll at the very end about Leslie's picks, Ugh. Kev's picks. And I feel like that last week got you... Back in the game a little mm, bit. Nearly, not fully, but, you know, up there. You know, it can't, it doesn't... I mean, it doesn't delete all the sins of the past, but it's, <laughs> you know, I'm start, I mean, I'll forgive it a little bit more now, given the Charlottes. Well, we've got, to, we've got to see how my next couple of picks go, right? Oh, They're, no. I know, I know. I was hoping that you've kept best to last. Surely you've kept the best to last. Yeah, you'd think that. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, <laughs> but... Um... <laughs> um, so the other thing is obviously, because I, I, I really like that episode, and... People do too. So um, we chart. So I, I haven't checked the charts in ages. So this is where that episode got um, charted in the podcast chart. Greece, Uruguay, UK, Netherlands, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, USA, Sweden, and Iceland for the first time. Wow. So pull it to the Charlottes or it's us, one or the other. Um, I'd probably say it's us. <laughs> um, also, Michael Kiwanuka. A lot of love for him. Because you can't not. You can't not. A lot of people agree with our rating. A lot of people love that album now. and it's Because it's, it's incredible. And I still listen to it. Like, I still love putting it on and I still... It's wonderful I listen album. to Love and Hate as well. It's amazing. I don't think it's... I did the same because a lot of people were like, I listen to Love and Hate. And I did it and I've I got to go back I'd and listen to it get a solid eight, nine. It's up there. It's not as good. No, no. But it's up there. Certainly wouldn't be getting any less than an eight. Mm-hmm. I need to give it a wee Incredible an, musician listen. He needs to get more I mean look He's got to win So oh, far, no. so far. <laughs> We haven't got to ours But so far I mean he's going to be up there With Charlie XCX Or whatever that is <laughs> Whatever that lassie is Not <laughs> uh, We didn't talk about it last time Because it, it hadn't happened yet But Melbourne Went into a stage 4 lockdown Yeah So they They like there's only four things they can do. Like sending anyone from Melbourne love. Yeah, that's and, so they started yeah. a full lockdown, including retail. So they went right back uh, for six weeks. So they're about a week and a half. This will be next week. They'll have four weeks left of that. That's harsh. Yeah. And uh, you know, even just driving to your place, seeing all the people out in cafes and restaurants and. Kind so of let's that. just get out there. We just play golf. <laughs> 
7am, tea off time, had to wait a little bit, it was busy. Um, and I played like I'd lost the use of my arms. Um, I'm really, it's put me in a kind of semi-bad mood, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, so, Arctic Monkeys, whoever I'm reviewing today better beware, because, yeah, I played like a moron. <laughs> Um, like I'm not, I want to blame not... the wet conditions. I want to blame the fact I've got a gammy knee. I could blame all of those things, but the reality was it was as if I'd forgotten what to do. And at one point you took a swing and you blamed the fact that you got a text message during said swing. That was true. It buzzed yeah. and it yeah, put yeah, me yeah, right, okay, I'm just saying. My watch excuses. buzzed. Anyway, the whole thing was hideous. But, um, <laughs> so, Kev one, let's move on. So, anyway, good. I just had to get that out there. The, the, um, the other thing as well is like the expletives coming out of you <laughs> at you know quarter to eight in the, on a Saturday morning where you know some of the the, the, the uh, tee off points next to houses they got a wake up call didn't they? Well, <laughs> good morning, <laughs> good morning Sydney. I felt I I played really well. I'm really happy with that. And um, would you say it was a humbling experience? After the last episode where you you really rammed it home, would you say this was humbling for you? <laughs> no. No? Humbling? Me? No, no, no. because what will happen to me? I'll forget it even happened and I'll still be an arsehole, so it's absolutely fine. Um, no, it was just, it's just one of those, I think it is, it's weird. And if anyone hates golf, we're going to hate this, but... Um, it's such a strange game. Mm. Because in tennis, you don't... Golf, you don't have that. You're always kind of the same. Mm. You might not win every time, but you mm-hmm. don't. It's never usually that terrible. Yep. With golf, it's like when you when you don't have a good game, it's hideous. There's no hiding place. No. You can't have a fluky shot. No. You can't hope the person hits it in the net. Like you're done. Like it's quite stressful. Um, <laughs> but you know what? It was a lot of fun. Nice way to get up in the morning. Lovely mm-hmm. day. Sun was out. Magic. It was lovely. A bit wet, but it was uh, it was yeah, good. Yeah, I prefer it not to be as wet. Um, I want to get your opinion. Did you see the picture of the first socially distanced gig in Newcastle in the UK? I did. What's your thoughts? Um, so did you see the picture? So there's... Uh, in uh, wee cages. We, so they look like <laughs> wee cages? Yeah, so it's like that. They're sort of like yeah, wee, wee, cages. wee little boxes. Yeah, with three or four seats in them. Now, for me... Okay, couple of things. Okay. It's better than nothing. Okay. Um, the older I get, the less I hate crowds. True. Okay. So imagine you had just had your wee pals, had your beers. No one can get. You know how many times I get raggy with, when you're at a gig with me because some moron has got zero thought process about the fact that they're eight foot tall and they stand in front of you, then they dance about and spill their beer and they stink and all that. All of that disappears. That's gone. True. Because you were your pals. True. Um. It's probably not that hard to get to the bathroom. No. You just walked at magic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd probably be a big fan. <laughs> really? No, it depends. So it will depend on the gig. So let's just say... So you've got like two... So uh, Sam Fender opened it. Two Door Cinema Club, Supergrass, The Libertines, Van Morrison yeah. and Maximal Park are lined up. Okay, let's just... Let's play this one out. Let's play this one out. So <laughs> let's just say we went to see Michael Kawanuka. Mm. That would be fine. That would be fine. Because, you know... Sitting back. 
you know, of we beers, could go. Nice sunny day. You know, you, you could go significant others, sitting there, lovely, a couple of beers with your pals, people you care about, nice gig. That would be lovely. That's nice. Like that. Chemical Brothers. No. No. Oasis. No. Um. When the music's a bit. And you want to be, in, you want to dance, and you, want, you want to, to jump, involved, and you, you want, want to, to dance, mosh. you want to be involved. But if it was like, a, a, there are a few artists that I kind of like that are slower tempo, lazy, like lazy the XX. Day. I went yeah, to see okay. the XX in yeah. the domain, yeah, and everybody just got a patch of grass, yeah, nice. Then they put a picnic thing down, and we all just sat there with giant beers as a group and nice. had a wee stand up and a wee sort of slow shuffle, dance. wee slow dance. Oh. That's nice, yeah. But um, anything else? No, but right now I would take that. I don't know if I would. Okay, so let's play this out. We've had so many gigs cancelled. So many. Right, so let's just say it was either you don't see the blue tones at all, or we and you stand in a wee cage together. I'd stand in a wee cage. <laughs> you might be standing by yourself. <laughs> it's uh, better than nothing. I don't know. How's it no? Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's better than nothing. But would I rather? Watch a YouTube concert of them with actual. I, I no, you would not. How does the band deal with it as well? Like they they get still crowd, noise, crowd energy. Like it'll be a polite tennis clap. I don't think so. You'd still get the. You'd want to be next to the cage that's mental. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's come to cages. I mean, they're not cage. I don't know what they call them, but it sounds a bit random. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so we haven't seen each other for a bit. So I want to talk about a couple of things. So uh, I was off ill a little bit, so I got to catch up and just rest in bed for a couple of days and watch some some TV. I watched, and you will hate it, the amazing show Watchmen. Have you heard of that? No. HBO. Just, just I know you you won't like it, but the soundtrack it's just it's just amazing. It's up for an Emmy. So uh-huh. ooh. Is it got? Is it sci-fi? No. You see, you go. Um, but for anyone who's thinking about watching it, watch it. It's amazing. Uh, second thing I watched, Chernobyl. Have you seen that? Amazing. Not the best to watch when you're a bit down in the dumps. No, and it's hectic. It's gets you angry. Yeah, could have been a lot worse, though, right? It could have been a lot better. <laughs> It could have not happened at all. They could have just listened to the man in the first place. Yeah, exactly. The guy who said, let's not do this. And that would have avoided everything. Anyway. Um, And one of my favourite bands, Another Sky, just released their debut album. So I am so pumped. And we will play them at some stage. Yes. And maybe you'll let me review it. Um, It might be your homework. Another Sky, go and listen to it. The album is called I Slept on the Floor. Very unique uh, sound to the band. Fantastic. I just watched The Sopranos the whole thing again. Again? What'd you do that for? Loved it. What a waste of time. And I've realised how good the ending is. Really? Yep. We can't talk about the ending, but you're happy with the ending. Yeah, I am. I'm one of those people that are. And I watched a show last night called White Farm... White House Farm. (laughs) Anyway, it's a true story in the UK where... A family of five were, were shot and then it was like, who did it? Was it a murder-suicide or was somebody else involved? Oh, no. Oh, that's hectic. Okay. Uh, it was good. I enjoyed that. All right. Oh, yeah. And, um... Okay. Been watching any golf? Maybe some... Yeah, movies. loads. I watched the PGA. Yeah? What about some YouTube tutorials? Yeah, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> My swing was fine, Yeah, prick. <laughs> <laughs> the very first shot. <laughs> 
I've been watching heaps of YouTube videos. I've, I've changed this, I've changed that. Didn't. Awful. Right, let's begin song of the week then, away from golf. Go on then. All right, so song of the week. Back in human form, the shadows. So back in human form is Joe Clark from Ireland, living in London. He was a singer with Manchester band Adventures of Salvador for almost four years. Back in human form is his self-titled debut album. And this is The Gorgeous Shadows.
done. Like back that. In, yeah, 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 yeah. Back in human form, shadows. Back into less says. Go on, who do we have? We have today, we've got Anna Meredith, Scottish young lady, composer stroke, artist, um, with her album Fibs, and we've got Dua Lipa with Future Nostalgia. Now, I, um, I'm going to kick us off with Anna. Good. Okay, so reviews, Pitchfork, 7.7 out of 10. With her second proper album, Meredith shelves the notion of a small group making symphonic dramas and instead takes increasing advantage of the dynamic power that a synth and guitar driven band can generate in the way that some downtown New York composers did during Punk's heyday. The shift also informs her music music sentimental upheaval, giving it an increasing immediacy and wrapping it in a vaguely political air. Fibs never stoops to, procla- to proclaim pro or anti any focus or any forces currently in diametric opposition in the UK or around the world, but it is music that embodies the precarious historic juncture, mirroring the chaos, mirroring the chaos and instability of the contemporary moment in its very form. In this, Meredith has written a set of pieces that speaks to our own era, era than her classically trained peers' middle-brow drones and respectful sit-down music. They'd be in cages. Um, Fibs is just too loud and nervy for that Kinda like a newsfeed I don't even know any of that man. So Guardian 2 out of 5 Classical composer turned pop producer Anna Meredith Whose career still ranges from symphonic performance To body percussion Debuted in 2006 With Varmints That album gamely mixed electronic and acoustic Instrumental and vocal To uneven but intriguing effect Fibs plays in the same sandpit, but too many songs feel inconsequential, disappearing as you listen to them. Moon Moons is briefly promising, but it loses interest in itself. More typically, Inhale Exhale begins like a headache and gets steadily more annoying. You could maybe salvage bump a brassy, over-caffeinated number that might be remixed into a more brutally effective piece. Similarly, Callian's tasteful techno threatens to uncoil into something John Hopkins would be proud of, but Meredith lacks his feel for the floor, his call to the hips. It's a boldly idiocentric collection and generous in its aims, but it's also an unsatisfyingly structured racket. Arrangements rarely offer coherence or catharsis, and there are too many tinny, trebly sounds that drift off into the ether. It's heartening that Meredith has such ambition, but she can do better than this. Was that Petrudis? Who was that? That just was someone else. Um, but to be fair, I'll kick it off. If I was to write a review, it would be exactly that. So, in theory, this should be something that we love. In theory. You're right. Because I've written, the way you described this, classical, bit of dance music. And I went, and I was excited. I was like, ah, this is, this is, yep, carry on. So in theory, we should love this. In theory. In practice, <laughs> we did not. Well, I did not. Um, yeah. I just found it like she... There are so many other artists like that who've tried to do this and it actually works. It's nice. Um, but where they wrote about it being like headache-inducing, yes, it does. It is. It's, 
Because it's irritating. It's like a noises that you would switch off in the first place. Never mind put them in a song. Mm. So there's talent there for sure. And I think this is... I like the fact that it says she's got ambition and she can do better than this. Because actually there's the bones of greatness there. Because the, the concept of it, because she is a composer and she is classically trained, so she knows music better than most. Mm-hmm. To be, And she should know the structure of music better than most. By then putting in those electronic... Like, like electronic vocals, even bordering on house. If you were to do that, you could have something beautiful. There were elements at times where I was like, especially some tracks that started, I was like, oh, here we go. And then it would be, beep, 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 and it would go off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there was no, what is that? It was like how I feel sometimes about jazz, just when it's too much of a noise, and I don't know what you're playing at. Do, um, you, do you think it's the, it's, it's the fact that you've got a classical taught musician arching out into sort of dance as opposed to the opposite which is a dance producer or an electronica producer bringing in elements of of, uh, instruments and orchestra and do you think do you know what I mean like it's sort of challenge bridging that gap like maybe I think maybe she was trying to get more of that orchestral sound when you know when you've got like certain instruments play then they all come together and then they break out and then they don't Mm -hmm. let's be perfectly Honest, and we're big fans of electronic music. It's not as technical as that, with like as an orchestra with like no, thousands no. of instruments and yeah. trying to get them all to play at the same time. Correct. Um, maybe, but I do think she was trying to be too experimental. I think there was an element of she just pushed it too far. Just pull it back in, mm-hmm. just a wee bit, and I probably could have listened to it. Yeah, there is a set, and and I, I agree completely with your point around dance music. But dance music has a structure. Around the beats and where no, you expect does, the though. melody to hit, yeah, and the way it starts and builds, and yeah, this was missing. Totally yeah. missing. So, how uh, rating? Would four. You four. All right. Okay. So, I'll just put simply put: when I heard about this album and the way you described it as classical meets dance, I was so excited. However, I'm extremely disappointed by this. Honestly, this album and the Guardian nailed it. Right. Yeah, I actually it. not often I agree with them, but that was fantastic. This album's a mess. Yeah. If I'm honest, it's a mess. <laughs> There's, there's no structure between the songs. Some of the noises in said songs really annoy me and grate mm-hmm. me. Like, actually, to the point of, like, I actually... It takes me... It takes me out of what I'm doing, brings me into the music, and I just go, ah, oh, that's... Oh, what is Same. that? And I want to get past it. Um, look, a couple of okay songs. I think Callion is, is a really good song. I thought Killjoy was okay. But then there's Bump. Divining, Limpet, Ribbons, and it's just, it's, there's just too many poor songs on there. Yeah. Uh, not for me. Really disappointed because I had high hopes for it. Four out of ten as well. Oh, same. So together she didn't even get what we gave Michael Kinawaka each. She only got oh, eight. Ouch. Mm, yeah. Not so, worst album we've done so far. Yeah. So, Julipa, Future Nostalgia. Is that her name, by the way? Tua, I don't know. What is it? Well, I just thought it might be like an artist name. Oh, right. I don't know. No, it's not a real name. Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't know. I thought you meant I'm saying it right. No, it's... No, no, no. No, it's not her I name. I don't know anything about this person. Um, She's a pop star. Um, cool. So, Pitchfork, seven and a half out of ten. That's surprising. It's not... In it. I'll read it and you'll see. But I And I get why. Because they're, they're reviewing it in its genre. You can't compare it to... 
fibs or whatever. Anyway, anchored by a lead single Don't Start Now, an instant staple of pop DJs and bar classes. <laughs> Future Nostalgia is a collection of sophisticated, hard-bodied pump funk. Pop funk? That gradually... <laughs> Gives way to slick Kylie Minogue inspired disco. Your talking's on par with your golfing. <laughs> Capitalising on a love of 80s pop and 90s club culture, Lupa and a team of career producers tunnel deeper into retro pop revival. A flashy dance floor time warp aimed at the type of pop fan who can't hear Olivia Newton-John's original hit physical without imagining what it might be like with the string sample from Hung Up, Chopped and Layered on Top. Future nostalgia sounds like three Madonna ears, eras at once. Like Giorgio Moroder making Bloghouse. Like all classic dance music, it's more concerned with the thrill of new passion than with what happens after the sun rises. At 24, she's been working towards the moment, this moment for almost 10 years and her sights are set higher still. A false start modelling impressed the importance of going where you wanted, in Lipa's case to Warner Records, who sought a female pop icon to compete with the Rihannas and the Lady Gagas of the world. Mm. She leveraged her talent as a songwriter, developing an early single, Hotter Than Hell, in the first session with her prospective management team. Her sly swagger and fashion plate style gave her the presence of someone who had achieved diva status already. I'm a bit too far down the line for anyone to try and tell me something she said of her creative autonomy in 2017, even before the release of her first record so i think enemy you're gonna have a meltdown go five out of five Dua Lipa's self-titled 2017 debut album presented us with a thoroughly modern pop star she built gigantic choruses of online acronyms idgaf do you know what that means um, i don't give up yeah cool you're well down <laughs> um, and rewrote the rule book for getting over your shitty ex in the digital age new rules as if to reinforce that, the latter has seen a resurgence in the bite-sized video app TikTok. Um, levitating struts on a rubbery baseline and hand claps, the 24-year-old pop star singing of a love written in the stars, pretty please, stri- I love it, strips back the layers to focus on gently throbbing bass and flashes occasionally making their presence felt and updating things from 70s disco. Love Again follows suit, sampling your woman, um... From Dance Star White Town, while Break My Heart interpolates an excess hit Need You Tonight. Lipa has long been known as an outspoken artist, standing up for what she believes in, including women's rights. The female experience is one that colours future nostalgia from start to finish. To be be that a sense of empowerment or observations on the inequality women face. No matter what you do, I'm going to get it without ya. I know you ain't used to a female alpha. She asserts on the title track. The confidence in her voice gives you no reason to doubt her. All right, go on then. So I, this gave me, put a smile on my face this week. Um, Let me just preface this. I'm reviewing this as as I would a pop record. It's a pop record. It shouldn't win a Mercury Music Prize. I'm going to put that out there right now. I genuinely don't even think it should be in the shortlist. I agree. So, but I'm going to review it in its own merit as a pop album. So as female pop stars go, as we are... As pop music goes just now, there is so much shit. <laughs> there is so much shit that you can't even listen to. Like, you just can't even give yourself. You can't even do it. This, though, is actually pleasant. Okay. It makes you smile. There are good... There are... The songs are... Like, they're upbeat. They're kind of smiley. They're catchy. She uses a lot of samples and she does it well. Mm. And you're like, ooh... 
and then you start bopping about. The lyrics aren't too hellish. Like, they're not like, oh, my God, I woke up in the morning, put my shoes on, I love you. It's not as shit as that. Yeah. Um, I think for a young female artist, she's a good role model. She's all about female equality. She's talking about being independent. It's not all those, like, I love you and I'm going to chase you down the street, don't leave me. It's none of that. Okay. And so for an, for an for teen girls right now, there's nothing... Like, it's actually not a bad album with a decent story to tell. Okay. And... Good. It's not unpleasant. And I'll probably... I can't imagine I'm going to go, oh, I'll put that on again. But it wouldn't bother me if it was like I put my whole albums on shuffle and Spotify picked that and I was in the car. Okay. Driving back from golf, it put me in a better mood. Like, it did. It does. It does yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, I don't think it should be in the shortlist. Don't really think it's warrants a Mercury Music nomination. I feel like it's a Brit Warden nomination. Um, probably as best pop yeah, record. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it shouldn't be there. But if I'm reviewing it on its merits and the fact that I kind of enjoyed it this week, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. <laughs> uh, look, I have put. I think you'll be surprised. Sometimes I like cheesy music. Can't really explain why, but it's just simple music to bop along to. Mm. This fits that bill. There's nothing too deep. It's pretty straightforward. It's pretty fun. Um, I did find myself bopping away to this at the start. After the halfway mark, I did dwindle off and lose a bit of interest. Um, Apart from hearing the Your Woman sample, when that hit, I went, genius. Yeah. Right? Because that that song was a phenomenon by itself. Um, I don't think she used the sample as best as she probably could have on that song. Like, I'm like, if you get the rights to, to play that sample, I would have maybe chose a different bit of the song. To, but anyway, it doesn't matter. But it was still cool to hear it. Um, so for me, you know, future nostalgia, it's good. Don't start now. Cool. Hallucinate. Love again. All that. It's all good. There are some cheesy, cheesy songs. Yeah, Physical, levitating, good in bed. Boys will be boys. They're the stuff that I go... Uh, ex- Physical's my favourite. Oh, God. I would hear it on Kiss FM and I'd be like... You know, like, that would... That's too commercially for me. Um, but... I love Pretty Please. I was singing it all day today down the golf course. You were. That, that is true. Um, to be fair, I actually didn't mind it. I don't think it deserves to be mm. in this bill. Um, five out of ten for me. Five. Okay, good. So... I mean, really... What's next? So, if I'm just even looking at the scores so far, we've got... so look, Michael's going to win, clearly, because <laughs> no one else can get more than that. Um, but then you've got Laura Marling with 15. You've got Hoodies All Summer um, with 14... With, kind of, with 14 and a half. You've got um, Sports Team and Porridge Radio both with 13. Julepa with 12. And, unfortunately, Anna with 8. So, she was only a mark behind Sports Team. <laughs> Wow. And Porridge Radio. So, you know, what does that tell us? So, next week, very charty, popular-y type people. We're going to have Stormzy with his album Heavy Is The Head. And then How I'm Feeling Now by Charlie XCX. Okay. I've tried, I've got to be honest, I've tried Stormzy a few times. Okay, yep. Charlie, I have no idea who that is. So, we're good. this will be interesting. Yep. And are we done? Actually, no, I'm going to give you a third so we can end it with two. So you're going to get three this week. Sorry, I meant to say. Okay, cool. Um, You're going to get uh, Moses Boyd. 
Is it jazz? Mm, with the album Dark Matter. And then we can end with two next week. So that's Moses Boyd, Charlie X, CX, and then Stormzy. Then one more week before we announce our... Um, well, before we announce Michael. <laughs> to be quite honest, but that's fine. So, uh, yeah. All right. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. Shall we get into this week's album? Yeah. Arctic Monkeys. Great. How many times have you spelled Arctic wrong? Ar- yeah, tons. Ar- even, I've just spelled it wrong there. You forget the C. You forget the C. That's why it's Arctic Monkeys. Or is it C for crap? No, no, it's, it's not. Early. No, or C for cool. There you go. I was just saying. C for controversial, maybe. C for... Can't wait for this episode to be over. No, it's not. <laughs> it's just been—it's been a tough morning for you. You were so excited about today. And Did you just... see my face when you was like waving? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here he is. Oh God! All right. So, uh, album cover. All right. So it's a photo of a guy called Chris McClure, close friend of the band. Um, frontman of the Violet May and the brother of John McClure of Reverend and the Makers. Ooh. So it's taken in the early hours of the morning in Carova Bar in Liverpool after the band had given him his cousin and his best friend 70 quid to spend on a night out. That's a lot. I don't, I've got no idea about UK money. Well, when, how, long well how long ago was this as well? Uh, actually, yeah, that's a very good point. It's 2006. 70 quid, a lot of money for a night out in 2006. So let's say what's well, so that's about 180 bucks something like that I could have a crack in yeah so I'll be alright be fine um, now it got uh, it got into a bit of trouble because do you remember what old mate Chris is doing on the cover of the album smoking a fag he's smoking a fag so that's not good so uh, Lawrence Grewer of NHS Scotland criticised the cover for reinforcing the idea that smoking is okay I'm going to stop you there. When you look at the nick of that guy on the front cover, that's an advert for not smoking. Because if I smoke, I'm going to look like him. So guess I'm going to put my fags down. <laughs> but seriously. Oh, I don't think he looks that bad. Let me, come on. Really? Do you look at that and go, smoking's cool? You look at that and go, look, you're a waster. <laughs> We're off to the races already, are we? I mean, he isn't. And I know that's deliberately done for the album cover. But the point is, it's hardly glorifying smoking. It's not like it's like, say... I don't know, he looks pretty... What? I think he looks like a supermodel lying there or, like, say, Brad Pitt with a cigarette. I mean, he looks looks like... He looks pretty cool. But, I I mean, he would look cool regardless of whether the cigarette was there or not. I don't... Okay. Wow. Uh, The band's product manager denied the accusation and, in fact, suggested the opposite. You can see from the image, smoking is not doing him the world of good. That's my point. There you go. It's, like, not a criticism of him. It's not... The photo is taken in such a way you can tell that he's had a big night out or something. He's feeling a wee bit rough, he's having a fag, and it's supposed to be like that. Well, he's... Yeah, I mean... Like, it's not as if it's, like... How would you feel of being Chris, the actual guy in the photo? So, NHS... He thinks, cool, on the front of this album. NHS has a pop at him for smoking on the cover. And then the band's... Our product manager comes out and says, yeah, but look, look, at, what, look what smoking's doing, Tom. I mean, they would have staged it that way. He would have been... I can't imagine that's his best angle. Okay. So when they, so they, in some adverts, they actually removed the cigarette. So, um, right. Do you know what the album title means? I know I had a pop at it earlier. Um, it means that you might think I'm this way, but I'm not. Okay. 
The album's title was taken from a line from the novel Saturday Night and Sunday Morning written by Alan Stilto. The name was chosen after Turner recognised similarities between the two works and the appropriateness of the title. He said it's good because the book is called Saturday Night and Sunday Morning and that's kind of what the album is so there's a link there. And also there's a lot of people saying a lot of things about us and you don't have control over it. He also said that songs including The View From The Afternoon, Dancing Shoes, Still Take You Home and From The Ritz to The Rubble all cover that bit of a weekend and feature the same character. So it's a theme in the album. I actually like it as a quote. I know it's a mouthful for an album, but it's a nice... Yeah. I think I like it. I don't mind it. I mean, it's a mouthful, but for, as a quote, it's actually quite clever. Okay. Uh, so released 23rd of January 2006. Uh, debut, what followed it, Favourite Worst Nightmare, May 2007. So very quickly got a second album out. Number one... Label was Domino and it was recorded at the chapel in Lincolnshire and Tufla in Sheffield. The producer was Jim Abyss. So he did Kasabian's and the Music's debut, uh, which we covered a few episodes. Also, Lady Tron's Witching Hour. Well, I like Lady Tron. I don't think we've ever spoken about Lady Tron. No, really, really. Uh, Sneaker, he did Sneaker Pimp's debut, Ooh. Becoming X. Ah, I've got to talk about that sometime. And two of Adele's album, um, 19 and 21. So, album's 40 minutes, 13 tracks. Of course, it went to number one. How long was it in the charts for, Les? 112 weeks. It's 296. I knew it was pumping. That's how long. Now, 2006 charts. I don't think we've been here before. So, let's start with albums. Uh, Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson. In Between Jeans, uh, Dreams by Jack Johnson. You used to love Jack Johnson. No. No, it was the other guy. The yeah, other Pete Australian. Murray. Pete Murray. Jack Johnson was... Jack Johnson is literally the most cliched Australian backpack. I mean, I used to be oh, like... Oh, everyone. North Queensland, in a hostel, just been for the beach, put my beads back on, have my carton draft, two is extra dry... But a Jack Johnson, and we all thought we were the coolest people on the planet, but we were literally morons. <laughs> uh, employment by Kaiser Chiefs, Veneer by Jose Gonzalez. I love Jose Gonzalez. What? What's that? And Heartbeats. Okay. Um, I can't. Oh, you'll know it. I love the way you. I can't. Your like, brain works it's, it's like it's acoustic guitar. It was really famous. The song Heartbeats. Just picture this little dude in your head going, Jose, oh wait, I know this, no. I know this, push it. Do you want me to play it? I can play it. No. Okay. Uh, strokes, first impressions of Earth. Oh no, there's our band. I went to see the Strokes in Edinburgh. Um, a friend of mine got me a ticket uh, that we used to go to school with for um, my 21st. My 21st. Oh, wow. How long ago was that? A while. 20... All right, 19 years ago, you moron. <laughs> <laughs> Current call the hits. Keep on by Will Young. <gasps> he was the fella that... Um, was that like a, a pop star thing? He won, yes. Yeah, Idol. Be, yeah. Uh, James Blunt, Back to Bedlam. What a pile of <laughs> pants. The Backroom by the Editors. So we have been in 2006 before. And Stars of CCTV by Hardfi. Two good albums But one great album there yeah. uh, Let's go to singles Eddie's Song by Son of Dork <laughs> Break the Night with Colour by Richard Ashcroft Oh no It's a great song Is it? Okay Break the Night with Colour I didn't really What follow... do you mean? <laughs> 
I didn't really follow Richard Ashcroft's solo career. I sort of drifted away from oh, it. Well, to be fool you. Maybe we'll talk about him. Maybe we will. <laughs> Baby, just because you got thrashed. Such a bad mood. No, I'm not. I listen to Julie, but I'll play that again. Say, say, say by High Tack. No idea. I'll oh. be ready. Sunblock. What are these songs? JCB song by Nislopi. What? That's my goal by Shane Ward. This is awful. Check on it by Beyonce. All Time Love by Will Young. Nasty Girl by Notorious B.I.G. Diddy and Nelly. And number one, When the Sun Goes Down by the Arctic Monkeys. I genuinely only... This is how when you know you're old. I was like, I only know the Richard Ashcroft song. <laughs> That's I don't know any of them. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, a listener pick. It actually got picked by tons of people. Um, and lots of people sent in some stuff. I'll just... Otherwise, I could be reading them, but I'll, I'll read one from, from Chris. Whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not, is lightning in a bottle. It is the rush and youth and enthusiasm that a debut album in its most primal form ought to be. Arctic Monkeys were still good after this, but here, they were perfect. Wow. Right, let's get into the band. Alex and Matt have been pals since primary school. And know Jamie because they all come from High Green in Sheffield. Andy joined Alex and Matt's class at secondary school. Alex, the only child of a German teacher mum. And music teacher dad got a guitar for Christmas 2001, as did Jamie. The following summer, after taking their GCSEs and leaving school for college, they decided to form a band. On the name... Oh my God. Like you go, They get asked all the time why they're called what they oh, are. Yeah. Um, and they make heaps of stuff up but basically hell does it's just a name Jamie the guitarist came up with it at school before we were in a band he just always wanted to be in a band called Arctic Monkeys what do you think about the name in itself Arctic Monkeys do you like it? I still don't mind it it's unique right? it's not bad Um, they practiced for a year before their first gig supporting another local band called The Sound at Sheffield Pub the Grapes uh, on 13th of June 2003. Their eighth song consisted of four... Their eighth song set... Cons- oh, God. I'm like you. Their eighth <laughs> song set consisted of four songs written by Alex and covers of Teenage Kicks, The Beatles' I'm Only Sleeping, Hotel Yorba by The White Stripes and Harmonic Generator by The Datsuns. After a few performances in 2003, the band began to record demos, demos at Two Fly Studios in Sheffield. 18 songs were demoed in all and the connect collection now known as Beneath the Boardwalk was burned onto CDs to give away at gigs which were promptly file shared amongst fans. File sharing. Yeah, I read that. That's why it pushed, um, pushed out. Um, do you remember those websites? Yep. Lime, used, live, li, lime, lime wire, wire. Lime wire. Kaza. I used Kaza. Kaza. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, don't, I may have used Kaza. I'm not allegedly. But yeah, they I, don't exist now. No, they're all gone. Well, they've been replaced by torrent sites. So, and it, they're kind of the same, but different. Remember you like? Remember you were on dial-up, and you had to like just waiting for a song to download. How yeah, long it would take? Click it, and then you'd wait for ages, oh. and then it would corrupt at the end. Oh yeah, and then it would be a picture of somebody's dick. And you're like, That's not Mariah Carey's album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, 
I was talking to some... Not that happened to me, I'm just saying. Yeah, okay. Right, yeah. I was talking to some friends last night, and they still... Uh, they were talking about shows that they'd downloaded. And I was like, I actually don't think I've downloaded anything in probably a year. Because now you've got so many streaming content sites. What would you download? What would you download? Like, I've got access... Would you download to... a movie? Nah. No, because it's... No. Yeah, I just... I was like, really? You're still downloading stuff? Okay, all right. Who uh, downloads things? People who probably don't want to pay for the streaming service, right? How many streaming platforms do you have? A million. I have, like... I'm out of control. I need to work Because <laughs> I was doing a budget yesterday... And I was like really drawn, trying to really budget to the dollar. And I was like, <laughs> okay, Stan, Netflix, Prime, Binge, KO, KO, Optus Sports. Oh, see, I'm, I'm at eight already. I mean, Optus I get with my phone. Well, that's all right. Then. But still, that's still a lot of telly. Because the thing is, you look at one and you go, I need it for that program. Yeah, that's it. And I need it for this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the name Beneath the Boardwalk originated when the first batch of demos was sent around. The first sender wanting to classify the demos named them after where he received them, i.e. the boardwalk. Slowly as more demos were spread, they were all classified under this name. This has led to many people falsely believing that Beneath the Boardwalk was an early album or that the early demos were released under this title. The group did not mind the distribution, saying that we never made those demos to make any money off them. We were giving them away for free anyway. This was a much better way for people to hear them. That's pretty cool. So they actually social, mm. like socialised all the songs anyway. Um, in 2004, um, although none of the quartet could do the technical legwork, they took the momentous decision to make all their demos available on the internet, myspace.com. Myspace. Did you ever have a MySpace account? For about a day. <laughs> <laughs> I never had one. I did. It was like someone told me when I first was leaving. I was in the US. I was travelling. It was the last end of my trip. And then I met some um, really cool people in the US and they had it. And I was going to get one and we were going to be pals. I think I just put my picture on it, sent them two messages and that was the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a MySpace account out there somewhere. There, is, there probably is. Wow. Okay. Um... So they made their, all their demos available and made everyone, everyone could download them and swap them. Suddenly by sheer word of mouth and finally interest from the outside world in the shape of Radio 1, Arctic Monkeys exploded without having released anything. Alex, I used to work in a bar at venues and it really annoyed me when bands would say, we've got CDs for sale at the back, £3 each. You'd think, fuck off, who do you think you are? We had this one time where people were literally running up to the stage, clambering for these demos, a right frenzy, and we were thinking, fucking hell, this is cool. The band began to grow, grow in popularity across the north of England, receiving attention from BBC Radio and the British Tabloid Press. A local amateur photographer, Mark Bull, filmed the band's performances and made the music video Fake Tales of San Francisco, releasing it on his website along with the contents of Beneath the Boardwalk. Um... When asked around the popularity of the band's MySpace site, the band said they were unaware that there actually was one and that the, band had been cre- that the site had been created by their fans. Uh, this is Prefix Mag to Helder. I noticed that you've been pretty popular on MySpace. We don't know about that. So it's not you guys? No, no. The other day someone said to us, I looked at your profile on MySpace and I said, I don't even know what MySpace is. 
Um, but that's just a perfect example of someone who doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. We actually had no idea what it was. In 2005, the Arctic Monkeys released the EP Five Minutes with Arctic Monkeys on their own Bang Bang label, featuring the songs Fake Tales of San Francisco and From the Ritz to the Rubble. This release was limited to 500 CDs and 1,007-inch records, but was also available to download from iTunes. Soon after, the band played at the Carling stage of the Reading and Leeds Festival, reserved for less known or unsigned bands. Their appearance was hyped by much of the music press, and the band was watched by an unusually loud, large crowd. I think the only time, so going off topic a bit, the only time where I've seen something similar or heard of something similar like that was Glass Vegas playing at Tea in the Park. Oh, yeah. Now, even before, like our. Glass Vegas was just this band that people talked about non-stop and they were sort of this I don't know I just remember this hype about them and then they were in one of the tents in the park tiny and it was heaving you ever seen a band like that? Um, who am I thinking? I probably have I can't think off the top of my head I do remember The only time I remember that was Gomez. I was at Tina Park and you couldn't get in the tent. Yeah, okay. And they were just new. Yeah. Like, I've seen that before. I think they... they. Yeah, that I remember that thinking, well, how, how do people even know who they are? I thought yeah. it was just me, but there wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, eventually, they were signed to Domino in June 2005. The band said that they were attracted to the DIY ethic of Domino owner Lawrence Bell, who ran the label from his flat and only signed bands that he liked personally. The UK's Daily Star reported that this was followed in October by a £1 million publishing deal with EMI and £725,000 contract with Epic Records from the United States. Arctic Monkeys denied this on the website, dubbing the newspaper the Daily Star and in an interview said, There was a newspaper in England that said we were signed to EMI for £750,000 to a label in England for a million dollars publishing deal. It's all bullshit. I don't know where it came from. It said a close source to the band tells us, no, they just made that stuff up. Now, their single. The debut single, I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor, right? So it was recorded at Chapel Studios in Lincolnshire and released on the 17th of October 2005. Do you remember how big that... Massive. Oh my God. Massive. Have you ever, like, I mean, I'm trying to think of a band that just smashed. Like, it was just massive. It was huge. Every pub, every club, radio, whole lot. Great song. Do you know how big it is? Right? So I went straight to number one in the UK, beating Sugar Babes and Robbie Williams. Right? Now, I don't know, this took me down a tunnel, right? So, oh, Robbie Williams, right? This is from Forbes magazine last year. With 13 number one albums to his credit, 13. That's 13. Does that not surprise? 13 number one Robbie Williams albums. No way. I'm just... Okay, so you find the cut. Right. 13 number one albums. Nah. The Superstar ties Elvis Presley's record for the most leaders amongst soloists. The King of Rock and Roll also landed 13 such smashes. And while he is no longer collecting them like he used to... Williams is still going strong and there's a good chance he may collect a 14th in the coming years. Now that he's scored 13 chart owners, Williams breaks out of a tie with fellow pop icon Madonna, who holds where she is with a dozen number ones in the UK album's tally. 
No. Robbie Williams, Elvis, Madonna. No. Just not. He's not. Had but he's, if you th- if you ch- he's done his Christmas albums as well. He's done his swing albums as well. We had to put up with that clown for thirteen albums. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, That's awful. Twelve studio albums, one live album. There you go. Thirteen eight comp- compilation albums. So, back to the Arctic Monkeys. Their second single, When the Sun Goes Down, previously titled Scummy Man, released on the 16th of Jan 2006, also went to number one, selling 38,922 copies and taking over the position that Shane Ward, some actor from Coronation Street. So, remember how we came, Shane Ward was in the charts, and I was like, who is that? Coronation Street actor. Coronation Street? This is just going to be that episode you're like, Robbie Williams! (laughs) (laughs) Shane Ward! Who, what did he play? Who was he? I don't know, I wasn't a massive Corey fan. On the first day of its release, the album became the fastest selling debut album in British history, selling just under 120,000 copies. By the end of the week, the album had sold 363,000 copies, more than the rest of the top 20 albums combined, and making it the overall fastest selling album in British history. It was beaten by... Don't know. Susan Boyle. <laughs> Susan Boyle. <laughs> oh my god. People, if you don't know who Susan Boyle is, whack her into your YouTube. Um, all right. So uh, it's released in the United States on the twenty-first of February. So it became the second fastest-selling debut indie album in history turning over 34,000 copies in its first week and achieving number 24 in the album charts. That's in the US. The album also went to number one here in Australia and Ireland. UK sales as of 2013, 1.5 million copies. Wow. So, what did it win? Okay, I'm going to read you a list of accomplishments that this album had. So, it won the Merck Prize. 2006 okay so uh, it was against albums like The Editors The Back Room Black Holes and Revelations Muse uh, Cole's Corner by Richard Hawley The Eraser Tom York The Warning Hot Chip like pretty solid lineup. Um, it won I'm just going to read fifth greatest British album Enemy best album by Q Awards album of the year for Enemy Crosby Time and Hot Press Best Best International Album by Media Music Awards, Best British Album um, by the Brit Awards, Best British Group Brit Awards, Rolling Stone. Get this right, a hundred Best Albums of the two thousand. It got to number forty one. Five hundred Greatest Albums of All Time. Number three hundred and seventy one. Hundred Best Debut Albums of All Time. Number thirty. Right. This is what they said. Now this is one strange Britpop success story. Where were the fashion, statement, fashion statements and model girlfriends? It turned out that all the monkeys needed to conquer the world was scrappy lager fuel tunes about being young and bored in a bleak steel town. Alex Turner sang about waiting all week for Saturday night only to strike out with some local girls he bombed with last week. Thanks to Turner's big bag of creaky melodies and the band's snaggletooth guitar attack, even America couldn't resist pub, pub punk gems like the raging sexy I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor 
It's the fastest selling debut album by a band in the history in the UK. Quite an achievement if you consider their competition. <sighs> Enemy, 500 greatest albums of all time. They give it num- So they gave, Enemy gave this 10 out of 10, right? Remember that, because what I'm going to do is for the rest of their career, I'm going to tell you what Enemy gave for the rest of their albums, right? Yeah. Um, the album was placed at number nine in MTV's greatest album ever. Album was also included in the 1001 albums Before You Die. Jarvis Cocker had some thoughts on them. I think it's very important because they've done it without trying. The only reason people have got into it is because they've listened to it and they like it. So it's something real. I guess all the music industry will probably think is how can we emulate this or how can we copy it? I think there's nothing they can do about it because it's something that has happened naturally and there's no way to apply spin doctorism to it. It's a good way to put it. It's clever, isn't it? Mm. Because it is just so rustic and raw and bare bones, isn't it, really? Um, Alex Petridis, what do you reckon you give this album? Oh, he liked it. He liked it. Five out of five. At moments like that, whatever people say defies you not to join in in the general excitement, but it's worth sounding a note of caution. We have been there before. A decade ago, critics in Public United behind some cocky, working-class northern lands who seem to tower effortlessly over their competition. The spectre of Oasis lurks around the Arctic Monkeys, proof that even the most promising beginnings can turn into a dreary reactionary bore. For now, though, they look unstoppable. Whatever. (laughs) Nonsense. Alright, so what happened next? All number one albums. Uh, it's just incredible. Favourite worst nightmare? Enemy, 9 out of 10. Um, have you, did you move past this album? Into yeah, it? yeah. I actually love the album AM. Okay. Um, what about this? AM or was AM? Don't know. What about, so this, the next one, the favourite worst nightmare, did you like that? Not bothered. Five. Right. Five? I actually really like the, the, the second album, actually. Um, anyway, so Enemy, 9 out of 10. Humbug. Did you hit Humbug? I know. Enemy didn't like it. Well, I think 7 out of 10, and I think there's a pandering to the Arctic Monkey somehow, sometimes by Enemy, but um, I don't didn't like Humbug at all. Suck It and See, if I get there. Yeah, that was okay. That was good. 9 out of 10. It's better. Um, AM. Let's I talk really about that. I really like that. AM. It's a great album. It's a good album. It really is a Do great album. It's... I think it's a great album. Yeah. It's like more mature. Yeah, and it's it, matured. I really gen. I think controversially, I like AM better than I like this one. I think a lot of people are going to be on the same boat as you. It I is really a great do. album, and there's some belters. And actually, when you look up at Spotify, most listened songs. It's, Why'd you only it's, call me when you're high? Great song. Yeah, like this for me. Or I'm just going to get this out because I feel like I'm just sitting here and like pretending. Um, I'm not a huge fan of this album, and we'll get to the whole reasons why and the hype and the whatever. But this album here, AM or whatever, is brilliant. I agree. Like, absolutely brilliant. Like, if we were talking about this album today, mm-hmm. then I would have nothing but praise. Mm-hmm. I think the sound of this album, like his voice, I think the lyrics are so clever. Um, I feel it takes you on a journey. I actually listened to this album on its own right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish we were talking about this one, but we're not. Um I actually think it's a, it's, I mean, it's too past our little time limit, but, um, and I don't think this album gets enough 
AM's great. It's, 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 a, it's a really good album. Big hits on it as well. Enemy, so 10 out of 10. So yes, look at the score, listen to the record, and bask in the glory of knowing that while this may be chapter 5 of the complete history, it's the first real act of the real golden age. So it's Enemy, it's, it is. And I'm like, man, I, I actually have to agree with Enemy. It's fantastic. Then they did Tranquility, Base Hotel and Casino. I actually haven't listened to that, I'll be honest. Uh, I probably would advise you not. It's a very different sounding album. Nothing like AM. So kudos to them for being a little bit different and experimenting. But it's it's way out there. Enemy did give 8 out of 10. And even they... The album's title is a fitting one. And this record feels a lot like gazing into the night sky. At first, it's completely overwhelming. And you'll be trying to connect the scattered dots on this initially impenetrable listen. And maybe even despairing when it all doesn't come together. But when the constellations show through, you'll realise that it's a product of searingly intelligent design. I've put, I have no idea what NME is talking about. It's not good. Um, maybe I just didn't get past the impenetrable. So, shall we get into this album? Because I do want to know what you think about the tracks. Have you got anything else about... how? So... I missed the Arctic Monkeys. Like, yeah, I was about to ask you. So, if I think about it, 2006, I moved to here 2007. So, I would have either have just got back to the UK or be planning on moving back here. So, it would have been in that year where I was still there. So, I would have... I remember the... I remember I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor being huge. I didn't buy this album. I remember loads of people talking about it. I yeah. just never really got into it not bad it's not terrible music it's just it never it never really resonated with me I don't know if it was just I was a bit too at that particular time I was very much into clubbing and dance yeah, music I'm the same I'm the same and I did still love the other because I mean if you think about it it's the same same year as the editors and they were nominated also for the Mercury Music Prize but I probably was more down that road mm. this was a bit too Shouty, a bit too laddish. Yeah, yeah. It didn't really resonate with me. Yeah, okay. Whereas, like, the editors for me was more. That makes sense to me. Mature album. I could relate to the songs in the in the period of that that year was quite a tumultuous year for me in general because it's like, am I going to stay in Scotland? Am I going to move to Australia? Yeah. I mean, and I yeah, you're dealing with a lot. Just started a new career, like the whole thing. So I think those albums have more meaning when I think about of that era. Mm -hmm. You think about like say, um, when you think of the picks that I've done for this, mm. they're more of that. Mm -hmm. No, I don't. Not what's the word? They're not in your face. Apart mm. from Kasabian, um, this just didn't. I probably understand you on the lyrics front, actually, because they're, they're very laddish. Yeah, and it didn't really resonate. Yeah. And I, look, I know Oasis are laddish, but you remember I was only 15. Yeah, but even Oasis, sometimes they would go into that more mature... They would. You know. But I think it's a time of your life. Like, I'd have been 26, moving out here, different things going on. They did. They, I, by, they bypassed me. I knew they were there, but I didn't really resonate. So when you're reading through the list of the Mercury Music, other people in the Mercury Music Prize, like I'm more likely to be listening to the Backroom. What was the other one that was of the same ilk? Mm. And I had those albums, or like a Richard Ashcroft album, or yeah, a yeah. Star Sailor album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So far, I was far more mm -hmm. 
I wasn't bouncing about with a pint of lager singing I bet you look down, good in the dance floor mm. like the youngins the I imagine youngins. if they were 20 imagine you were like 16 to 20 and that come out oh yeah I bet you're that's all the in. demographic you're all in didn't you celebrate uh, an anniversary yes so last week so two weeks ago 13 years that's mental 13 years of living in Australia bloody hell 13 years does it feel like that no no it doesn't no. not at all Kim picked me up from the airport we were only young I know um, so the second thing so just to, to, to touch about that I do a weird thing and you Mrs D calls me out on it all the time and probably you do as well where if something if there's a ground swell about something right and it can be a food a restaurant a music whatever it is I will just automatically... Yeah, I know you do that. ...turn my nose against it. Yeah, you do, because I often laugh at you. Or I'll say this and you're like, nah. I'm Not like, doing what? And then six months later... Then you come back round. You do it with music. How many times have I gone, you need to listen to this album or this band? Nah, nah, hate it, nah, shit, nah. And then six months... Have you heard of this? It's really good. <laughs> Mate, what? Um, yeah, you are bad for that. Yeah, I am bad for that. So I think I did a little... So I was here obviously but I think I do a little bit of that with this band as well because there was just so much noise about them that I'm just like oh do you think they ever made do you think they're worthy of this hype do you think they have that like okay Alec well what's his face Petridis was banging on about Oasis like did this and they did that but the reality is you're not going to get too much bigger albums than definitely maybe What's the Story. And I don't care if you're not an Oasis fan. I don't care if you then go, oh, but, you know, Be Here Now is terrible. And if you want to play that game. But you're, I'm telling you, they were groundbreaking, genre-defying albums of our time. Mm-hmm. Is this an album of our time? For the people who love it? Which is probably who... There are people who love it and like it. Like is different. Is this an album of our time? When there was charts in those... Things happened. Yeah. I don't think this is going to be an argument you're going to win. But is it? Well, you do, I just read you a list of accolades at this album. But when did got. they win it? So this is the thing. It's always, I always think it's a recency effect. When you look at the, they will release the, be, the thousand best albums of all time this year. Then an album two years ago will be on it. They'll do it in 10 years. It's not there. Yeah, okay. So it's I'd like to do piece. it now. I'd like to do all of those charts again. Enemy best album of blah, blah. Is it there? And so... Or would AM be there? Maybe. Maybe. Now, I'm just saying, have they reached the dizzy heights that people thought they were capable of? I don't know. Or have I just just missed it? Yeah, okay. So I'm not criticising or calling out. Have I just missed it? Am I just not aware? Am I going to get people going, you've got no idea that this band have been bigger than the world? You've got no... And I'm like, okay, fair enough, I missed it. They've come to Sydney a couple of times. I've never had any... I've seen them in Sydney, so we'll talk about that later. I just haven't. They just, I think they just bypassed me. I've got to be honest. Okay. All right, let's get into the songs and see how you feel about the songs. So, the view... You're really on the fence here. Who? You. I, I've got no idea how you feel about this I'm album. being very professional. I, I'm trying to... I mean, because... We'll get through it, right? It's all right. It's okay. Okay, right. All right. So, view from the afternoon... Les, come on, this is this is your punch to the face. Oh no, it is. Okay. All right. 
Uh, this was supposed to be the third single, but the band announced in March 2006 that its next record would have been a five-track EP, and therefore, therefore disqualifying them from being listed in the UK singles chart and UK albums chart because it was too long to be a single and too cheap to be an album. Turner said, this is one of the last songs written for the album. There's nothing clever. It's just about anticipating the evening, finding comfort in familiarity, and the fact that you know you're bound to send a daft message or something before the sun comes up. I think I've stopped stopped doing that now. Um, Punch the face, good start. Yeah, I mean, look, it's... Uh, from all seriously... The Arctic Monkeys write very literal lyrics. They're not the kind of band that you have to worry about figuring out what they mean by what they're saying. Each song is like a story being told with music, and although they make occasional references, what they say is pretty much what they mean. From what I gather, the song's about going out with your hopes up to get laid, despite all the times you've failed before, getting very drunk and sending to a message to your girl or boy, which at the time of writing you think is beautiful and complimentary, but to the receiver just feels like an incoherent ravings of a pisshead. <laughs> Um, I dig this song I think it is a really good start to the album Um, you know this the lyrics I want to see you take the jackpot out of the fruit machine and put it all back in you've got to understand that you can never beat the bandit right I want to talk about this for a second Uh, because Australia has very different gambling machines to the UK yep how would you describe them awful like soulless ruined pubs Boring, like the pokies, people just sit there. It's called pokies. They've got over a here. separate room. Whereas in the UK, they'd maybe like like one arm bandit or whatever. Puggy in the corner. One puggy in the corner, and you might just be waiting. And there's a story, and there's a bit of skill, bit of skill involved, a like holding bit. a wee bit of nudging, push the button at the right time. Yeah. Over here, it's not. As you push the button, they spin. It's all LED. It's just it's soulless. So soulless. And in the UK, you would only do it as a time filler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for somebody. Yeah. Or... Here it's a problem. Like, where you've got It's a real problem. Pubs are actually, like, in um, RSLs, are, are selling, you know, well, not selling, but they're putting poker machines where your cafes, your restaurants. And so my father-in-law, uh, Wayno, he um, plays bowls at his local club, right? And they've transformed this whole club. And 80% of it is poker machines. And they turned around to him last week and said, uh, you're no longer allowed to play bowls here. Um, we're going to convert that whole area for more pokey machines. So, Are you serious? Yeah, so it's just old people, unfortunately, sitting in front of pokey machines. So there's, it's just, it's, just it's, a, it's a horrible, horrible state of affairs. Right, but this song, I like this song. Are you yeah, you're good with this? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's play The View from the Afternoon. She won't be surprised that she won't be shocked when she's pressed the star after she's pressed the lock. And there's hers and chapters that in her inbox. And all that it says is that you've drank a lot. And you should bear that in my tonight. Bear that in my head. You should bear that in my tonight. Bear that in my heart. Boy, your heart's out for a reason it will block. Oh, will you send her after nine o'clock? 
and then I mean, I mean it's huge how, it's how did you feel about hearing it for so like because you heard it so much and you probably haven't heard oh, it for I a while oh I liked it again I enjoyed it it's just fun it's a fun song did you watch the video yeah it's a great video it's a great song it just shows how they're young I know and fresh and just so the video... Um, it's kind of a flawless song. It's one of those pop... It's like a... I don't mean pop derogatory. I mean like as in a popular music song mm. that does everything that people would want in a song. Yeah, yeah, Catchy, mm-hmm. makes you smile, mm-hmm. not too long, mm-hmm. you're in and you're out, mm-hmm. um, fun lyrics. Mm-hmm. You can't... Like it's a flawless song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the story behind the video, which is like sort of dated, it looks like it's from the 70s, uh, so they had a, uh, a, we had a programme in England called the Old Grey Whistle Test from the 70s and 80s. Oh, yeah. It was a live show that... Did you know that? Yeah, of course. Really? Uh, it was a live show that a lot of great bands played on. We all liked watching the programme from DVD and then we just tried to recreate that. We were going... Uh, we were going to do it full on and get the guy who used to introduce the bands in the beginning go for that sort of thing so it looked like a British 70s music show. Use the same cameras they used to use and whatnot and go for a really old look. Um... I, I still holds up. I, like I actually, you kind of feel like you want to hate the song, like because it's just so. Here you go again. What? Doing that thing. What? You want to hate it because it's popular. Yeah. See, so you're doing it. Like, uh, sorry, yeah, but you just want to go. Oh, but you don't. You, 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 you can't. You, you, you can't. It's, I, flawless, it's a flawless song. We haven't talked about a song that we're picking, by the way. Oh, I know mine. Good. Is it the same one as mine? No. Better not. Right. So this is not my pick. Not your pick. Um, no. Okay. Only because we all know it, and I want to just pick something else. But yeah. So from Shane Murphy, great song, great words. That your name isn't Rio is a line to the is a line a reference to the Duran Duran song with her with the chorus. Her name was Rio, and she dances on the sand. The girl in, girl in that Duran Duran song was being painted as really exotic, and Alex Turner's is pretty much saying the scene in the song can be further from that one. Um, Enemy rated this song. The seventh greatest song of all time. That's punchy. That I mean, is. it's a. I mean, it's flawless. I can't. I, I mean, I don't know what you would say to criticise this song. Like really? Yeah. I, I mean, you can start splitting hairs if you want, but at the end of the day, if it came on now and we'd had a few beers, you'd be up there. You, you can't. You would you'd be. lying if you say otherwise. You wouldn't be in your socially distanced festival, would you? I mean... Yeah, you wouldn't want to be in a cage nah, for that. rubbish. Um, so let's play I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor. San Francisco. Bow, 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 bow. I don't like it. Really? Can I just? Uh oh. <laughs> I just don't. 
right, I'm, I'm feeling really awkward. So I just need to get it off my chest. So, just before... Well, you get nervous. You're like proper... Because I understand the, the gravity of this. This album doesn't really do it for me. Um, and there are... But there are glimpses of brilliance. When it's brilliant, it's brilliant. When it's not, it's annoying for me. I want, if this album was five songs, yeah, I would, <laughs> because I know I can't listen to it for that long. It's not even that long, but it feels long. When you were like that, it's thirteen songs and it's forty-one minutes. I went, it's a what? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it's two and a half hours of the same. Oh. So I don't really, I don't get it. I can understand why this is like one of those. Albums of a generation. I can understand why this, this is, is not how I thought this was going to go. I can understand why this album. Some people are like that. This is a ten out of ten. I bet it takes them back to a certain time in their life. I bet they love it. I bet they listen to it. I bet it puts a smile on their face. All of the above. Fully understand. This is not a bad album musically. I can't go. You know when I was like athlete to it, boring didn't like it, or JG seventy two annoying voice like. Mm. I can't give you any of that. I'm not. I cannot criticise it and say, "Oh, it's rubbish. They can't sing. It's boring." It's none of that. He can sing. His voice fits this album and the band perfectly. Their songs are, um, like they've got great. They're not too long and they come in and out, but it's just so much of the same. I cannot, after about ten listens, still tell you what each song is. Okay. I can't separate them. I can't tell you what Riot Van sounds like versus Fake Tales of Sand. I still oh, can. Okay. And I've tried. For me, it's just nothing. I've been dreading this all week. <laughs> and I don't know. It's just no. It does not do it for me. Okay. I get why it does for others. So to be honest with you, we're going to go through track by track. But I like four songs. And that's the reality. Right. Five at a push. Okay. The rest is just the same. Okay. Okay. So about the band trying to be bigger than they are and imitate American bands. Fake tales of San Francisco echo through the room. More point to a wedding disco without a bride or groom. And there's a super cool band, yeah, with their tri trilbies and their glasses of white wine. And all the weekend rock stars are in the toilet practicing their lines. It's good. That's clever writing, though. I... Top song again. I'm enjoying this way more than I thought I was. I'm three for three. Fake Tales of San Francisco.
Dancing shoes. Love it. Oh, I was, I'm glad you do. This is my song. Oh, good choice, pal. Nice. This is my song. It's a belter. It's a belter. It's a belter. This is what I mean. When it's good. It's boom. good. Dancing shoes is a great song. You're just yeah. You can't. Again, nothing to fault in this song. I and I'd love his vocals on this. Like, get on your dancing shoes, you sexy little swine. That just it just works. Um, it's all about music love the song love the band I think it's talking to the fact of how this guy has gone to meet girls but is too scared to do uh, to go and talk to anyone hence the line the only reason that you came so what are you scared for um, great choice Les I'm, I can't wait to play Dancing Shoes let's do it get on your dancing shoes there's one thing on your mind hoping they're looking for you sure you'll be rummaging You have uh, You probably couldn't see the for, You couldn't see for the lights But you were staring straight at me God that's a mouthful isn't it mm, uh, No uh, Okay zero comments uh, In song meanings Which kind of says it all um, It's just an album filler song Yeah I um, I have to agree with you This is the weakest song yeah, so doubt. far um, Possibly on the album um, With one other Okay, so he says the song's about the lead singer of a favourite band of his called The Little Flames, who he took a liking to. In the crowd, he had the feeling that she was staring straight at him and that he had a chance with her. But in reality, she was just staring into the crowd and couldn't make out anyone because of the blinding stage lights. There was a bit 
when I when I saw the Prodigy, right, and um, they were on stage, and I swear Keith looked straight at me, and we had all been talking. I'm like, can't hear Keith. Like usually, like you can hear him. I'm, like, well, I'm pretty sure his mic's not on. And so I did the hey mate, can like to Keith, and he I and ran off stage and got his mic checked and came on. It was fine. I like to think that was me that did that, but chances are it probably wasn't. Okay. You're not going to let me have that. <laughs> That's lovely. I will let you have it. Uh, still take you home. I like this. It's my pick and it's, it's my favourite song so far. Um, it takes me back to the clubs. Uh, it takes me back to Perth, actually, like the Ice Factory. Jeez. Uh, I fancy you with a passion. Oh, you're a top shot princess, a rock star though. I kid you not. There was a girl who I would see... In said club, we would maybe get together, maybe not. It was just one of those casual things. She worked at Topshop. <laughs> so I actually really enjoy this song. I think it's a fun song. Um, let's play the whole thing. Go on then. Still take you home.
Right, Brian. This has to be your... Like you said, there was another song that potentially yes. would be the worst. Yes, I um, Yeah, it's about a night out, ending up in the back of the police van. I do not like Riot Van. No, and this is when it all gets a bit samey-samey. We're all doing the same thing, getting pissed and outside and in police vans and bloody hell. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just, It just you. doesn't resonate with... I think that's the word. The album doesn't resonate with me. I can't relate to it. Yeah. That's the thing. And yeah, I yeah. feel now I've realised, oh, I've had an epiphany. I clearly love music I relate to. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because all the albums I talk about is because of that, either a time in my life or it means yeah, something yeah, yeah. or I late, and I don't really re- relate to this, which is probably a good thing because I'm not a 18 year old male, but exactly but the point is it doesn't. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. So we'll skip right, Van. What about red light indicates doors are secured? All right, so I'll take it by your silence. So another one with no comments on songs. No, I don't like it. Which is so rare. But it's easy to see why. This is another just a, this is swing and a miss for me. It no. doesn't. Yeah, so I'm with you. I'm two for two on these two. I can easily chop these two out of the album and move on. Marty Bum. Really? Oh, absolutely back in there for me. Um, do you know what? Have you ever heard what Marty is? Yes. Go. I'd have, it's like a. I had a friend, a mutual friend we both know from England, and they used to use this all the time. Like a loser. Like a sulky, apparently yeah. sulky, uncooperative uncoor- person. Mar- yeah, you're Mar. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "What are you talking about?" Well, now then, Mardi Bum. Oh, I'm in trouble again, aren't I? I thought as much because you turned over there, pulling that silent disappointment face, the one that I can't bear. Oh, we've all seen that. We've all, with our with our partners, got that face where you go, ah, that's the face. <laughs> I'm in trouble now. Uh, so I really enjoy Marty Bum. I, th- I think it needed it to get me back into the album again. So let's play that. And you've got the face on. And you've got the face on And yeah, I'm sorry I was late But I missed the train And then the traffic was a state And I can't be Perhaps Vampires is a bit strong But No, thank you Oh, really? I'm not a huge fan It's about vampires So the vampires is, is all the people around them That try and sort of talk them out of things And pull them down When they were starting to get big um, I'm alright with this. I'm okay with that. I mean, that. it's okay. Oh, God. If you want to play it, you can play it. Like, I just... <laughs> this is what the thing. This is what... This is the thing for me, right? Because when, the, when they've got great songs, they're great. Yeah. The other ones, I'm like, mm, yeah. skip, skip, don't care. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, trying to explain that we're on tour when if the fee we get in near recoups what we're spending... He said, I can't believe that you drove all that way. Well, how much did they pay you? How much did they pay you? You'd have much better... Have you been better to stay around our way thinking about things but not actually doing other things? 
Um, I'm I'm good for this. I'm going to play it. Okay. Perhaps vampires is a bit strong, but. And though you pretend to stand by us, I know you're certain we'll fail. Cause all you people are vampires. We're on the home stretch now. When the sun goes down. I love this. This was nearly my second pick. It was between that and Dancing Shoes, but I picked Dancing Shoes. This is a great, again, when they're on, they're on. Again, another great song, couldn't fault it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I 100% agree. Uh, number one, this got to it. The video is is pretty good. It's um, uh, it's taken from a short film called Scummy Man, right? And it has, did you ever watch a TV show called Misfits? Probably not a bit too sci-fi for you. I did, it began to, then it got really annoying. Well, if you stayed with it for a couple of seasons, um, Kelly is one of the main characters in that show and she's phenomenal. So she's the actress in this this uh, film and video. And it's got Tommy from Snatch in it as oh, well. Right. Really Snatch. Mm. Um, it basically, the, the, it's very gritty. The film and the video sort of centre around prostitution in Sheffield and uh, the main character, Nina, is trying to get out of it. And uh, it's pretty brutal. It did win... Best music DVD uh, from Enemy, who, mm. as we've talked about, love anything by the band. <laughs> Look, I'm all in. It's a decent song. Decent I can. Song. It works as a single as well. Uh, let's play a bit of When the Sun Goes Down. Position. I'm sorry, love, I'll have to turn you down Oh, we must be up to summer What are the chances? Sure, it's more than likely I've got a feeling in my stomach I start to wonder what your story might be What your story might be Yeah, cause they said it changes when the sun goes down Yeah, they said it changes when the sun goes down And they said it changes when the sun goes down Because I, when I, even when I say the title, the song just booms in my head. Like, yeah. And for you, it does, it's, it doesn't. You were saying earlier, it doesn't quite stand out. What well, doesn't? The song. So you said, you know, if I listen to the album, I'd struggle to sort of differentiate between the songs. No, yeah, no as in I know the big ones. So, okay, good. All so right. the first song, But You Look Good in the Dance Floor, Dancing Shoes, Still, still Take You Home, mm. When the Sun Goes Down, and then. Well, not to- the very last one. The rest, I'm like... So the big big ones, right, okay. From the Ritz to the Rubble. 
This is not a bad song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets turned away from a club, but meets a girl anyway. Well, I'm so glad they turned us all away. We'll put it down to fate. I thought a thousand million things that I could never think this morning got too deep. But how deep is too deep? Do you remember? That used to happen all the time. We used to get turned away. Not all the time, but we used to get turned away from pubs and clubs. That would I suck. Didn't. Really? No. I would. Girls never do. I would. And we'd we start, always look a bit in the older. cold, crappy weather. And you always had a wee young face. Still young. That's really that ship sail. But um, <laughs> that was harder for blokes because we could put makeup on and we could. Mm-hmm. And I've always been relatively tall, mm-hmm. but makeup, you know, you could pass for 18 easy if you were yeah. 17. Blokes, always. though. No. If they did, faces. If they, yeah, and if there wasn't enough, like, the girls would just walk on straight into the club. Old mate would be standing outside in the pissing rain or the cold. Yeah. And he'd be like, sorry, mate, not coming in with those shoes. But the brand new mate. Doesn't matter. They just make sure. Uh, so from the Ritz to the Rubble, let's play that. This town's a different town today. So this town's a different town to what it was last night. You couldn't sit on that on a Sunday. And that girl's a different girl today. So that girl's a different girl to where you kissed last night. You couldn't sit on that on a Sunday. Of course not. And it ends with a certain romance. I really like this. This is a nice way to end the album. I actually completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a hurrah, really it slow is, start. Yep. Build, build. You know it's the end of the album. Decent song to end with, I reckon. So we'll play us out of this episode. Right. Reviews. This is going to be 10 out of 10. Best album of my generation. Beetlejuice. One out of five. Oh. How this monstrous piece of garbage even got oh, into the Guinness Top 100 Albums reader poll, I will never know. Probably thanks to deaf people and chavs. The, mu- <laughs> the music press licked it all up and called it classic and so on. Fact is, they talk trash. This album is totally awful. They go on saying how they're the new Buzzcocks, which will probably offend many fans of the Buzzcocks, who were awesome, do not buy this album. If anyone you know likes it, move away from them quickly. You'll be better off because of it. Clean Steve. One out of five. Didn't do much for me. Perhaps it's been crushed under the weight of expectations, but there's nothing new or even particularly great about this disco-inspired rock brand. Their overall style is okay, but it's not even as good as the last great White Hopes they replaced, the Libertines, Franz Ferdinand, the Strokes. Dear UK, please get some perspective about the importance of your modern rock band. Oh, no! Well, that's why, because I thought I'll go, I'll go heavy with the negative. Right. Father Mackenzie, four out of five. Good old Father Mackenzie. 
Rate your music is pretty tough on these guys. Hype probably makes people exaggerate their dislike a little bit, overreacting to the praise that this got from the British press. No enemy, it's not one of the best five albums ever made, but it's pretty darn good listen nonetheless. Good grooves, catchy hooks, and above average songwriting. Not sure what's so easy to hate unless people just like hating hype. Uh, Last one, five out of five. I love how anti-production and anti-commercial this record actually is. People praise it for the genius production or commercial success, but it's just a bunch of young lads exploding with creative energy and slamming the guitars. I remember when this album came out and made me understand that regular kids can play the game too. You didn't have to fit into the stereotypical rock star portrait and still blow people's minds with your guitar. Thank you, Arctic Monkeys, for changing the game with this album. It still gives me goosebumps. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, so what are you going to give this? Six. A six? That's not bad. I th- okay, all right. What did you think it was going to be? I the way you were talking, I thought it was going to be way no, four or five. No, maybe. no, no, because it's not. This is the thing. I can't sit here. You know how when I don't like something, I'm just like, I just don't like it. It's getting a four. Yeah. This is like middle of the road because it's not. It's not an album that I turn off and like. Oh, I can't do it. Mm. And when they're great, mm. when the songs are great, they're great. And I do love that. It was similar to when we spoke around Ash. That youthful exuberance. The relatable. You can. You can. They're just young lads playing the guitar. I'm sure there were loads of band young people after it picking up guitars, wanting to do the same oh, yeah. thing. Um, there's a lot of positives. That's why I can't, I can't slate it completely. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it. Okay. I don't relate to it. I don't necessarily enjoy it as a full album. Mm-hmm. When you take those tracks in isolation, though, I'm like that. They're cracking okay. and they're banging. So it's just not. It just doesn't do really anything for me. Yeah, that's fair. But it's not a bad. Obviously, it's not a crap album. Mm. But it's not. Um, it's just not what I can relate to okay. necessarily. Uh, I've been listening to this album for ages so when I did I was pumped like I I have to say like like the first five songs I was just like wow this is this is great Um, it does start to get a little bit samey samey and there are some misses on this album but overall it's it's a heck of a debut album seven and a half out of ten okay so we're we're not not that far off I mean I'm not I don't it's not right you ever seen them you said no no, I haven't. I've seen them. They came to Sydney in 2012 and um, really disappointing. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's not a good live band. So, and I, I, so there's a bit, a bit of background to this, right? Because they sound great. Yep. But, so imagine this, Horden Pavilion, the stage, and we've seen many events at Horden Pavilion, right? Tons. Tons. And all they had was four really large spotlights yep behind them that would flash on and off and that was it now it's it does fit them as a band to bare bones raw simple but for me when i go see a band right i want i want to be all in like i want uh i want a light show pyrotechnics if i can get it i want lasers i i want to go i want confetti coming from the floor like, like the ceiling i want I love stuff like that. I love going to, and I get that's not what they were, they were looking for the opposite where it's just the music, but I like the opposite. I like big, like when I go, I just love the experience of going to a concert and not knowing what I'm going to get. And so from then I was like, oh, 
and they're a very quiet band, just song after song after song. That's what annoys me the most. So what you said there about the, I don't need all of that, oh, but I what I do want is some interaction yeah. or a bit of banter yeah. or, you know, like in between songs and not just, you're right, Sydney. That's nonsense. Like, <laughs> a monkey can say that. It's nonsense. It's just what... You want to be immersed in the music, so whether that is like they've got like a video behind them or they do have the light, even just lights, mm-hmm. but they're really mm-hmm. immersed in the crowd, mm-hmm. like just moving around the stage, getting involved, that's yeah, yeah, what I yeah, look yeah. for. Like I went to see Kings of Leon once then and they did the same thing. It was yeah. just like I was expecting, it was just like song, 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 thank you, bye. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and look, that seems to be, a lot of people have said the same thing actually. Your pick next. <laughs> Might be a bit of an anticlimax, so not as big as the Arctic Monkeys. Okay. Um, we've spoken about them. We've reviewed them. Ah, oh, have we? Yes, as homework. Interesting. You do not remember this? No. So in the first season, we interviewed them as Unless Says. Ah. Oh, yes. I totally forgot. So they had a new album out, obviously, a year or two back, and we okay. interviewed. Uh, not interviewed. We reviewed them for. Um, Les says oh. we liked it. Oh, okay. You didn't really know them. I asked you to go back <laughs> and listen to two particular albums of theirs, which you clearly haven't done. Probably not. Um, the band is Idleworld. Right. Scottish band yep. from Edinburgh. Yeah. Lots of stories about them. Lots of my friends loved them. Reminds me of being at uni. I've got so much love for this band. The album is the remote part. Um, which will already be controversial. Yeah, I, because even I know that. Um, because there are probably a hundred broken windows. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is their third album, Remote Part. It's not. It's in the middle of their. Mm-hmm. They've done tons, but mm-hmm. hundred broken. It's tough because a hundred broken windows is also a very good album, but the Remote Part is more my favourite. And so it's my pick. So it's, it's your pick. You get it. Is it musically? It's the same thing as the whole PJ Harvey malarkey. Oh. Is it the better album? Right. Don't know. Okay. Got Reviews it. would tell you not. Is it my favourite album? Is it? Does it bring me back loads of memories? Does it make me love Idlewild? Do I love tons of songs in it? Yes. So it's mine. So it's the remote part Idlewild. I do think. I don't know what you're going to think. Well, I actually don't think... I don't know if you will love this. Okay. Um, it's, it'll be interesting, and I don't, I've got no idea what people's thoughts are, but they're not... They're, like, kind of, like, um, really underrated, I think. They don't really get spoken around a lot. Okay. But I actually think a really talented band, and I think this is a great album. Cool. I'm excited. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, because, yeah. like I said, you probably asked me to do homework and I never did, did. And I didn't listen, listen to, to it. yeah I know I know I know all right so Idlewild next week a Scottish band yeah so happy days um all right so uh follow us uh Britpop Banter or email us at Britpopbanter at gmail.com hopefully the rest of your day picks up mate Right. Um, yeah, so yeah, I've just slated Arctic just Monkeys, go for a shower, golf, wash golfing. that golf right off you. Uh, Alright, cool. We'll see you later. See ya, bye. Bye.